0: Well, welcome to uh, another of our revival church biruriki cutting edge conversations. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the other ones before. You can you can check them out on revivalchurchbiruriki on our under our media section. Uh, there's a whole section of, of cutting edge conversations. You can also get them on podcasts as well. And um, my special guest. Uh, uh, now is Andy here? Andy's part of Revival Church Maroochy family. Hi, Andy. Hello. Hi there. Uh, so, so we're actually going to uh, today or tonight, actually, as it is now, we're going to be talking about something which is close to Andy's heart, and really that's the subject of discipleship. Now, now before you switch off, uh, thinking this is going to be uh, a dry conversation, I know there's some words and sometimes uh, some that are sum that up for people but let me tell you that if you get what a disciple is you're actually setting yourself up for a life of miracles supernatural experiences and opportunities to be powerfully used by God um, why do I say that um, because it was to his disciples that Jesus says they said these words very truly I tell you whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father. So let's remind ourselves that Jesus um, raised the dead, opened the eyes of the blind, turned to water into wine. You might be able to think of a few other things. He loves people with um, a love of the light, which actually no one had ever seen before. And he also taught with an authority that was unique. And he said that um, these sort of things were for his disciples as well. Um, nowadays, we actually don't often use the word disciple uh, within uh, the sort of Christian church. Um, but Andy, what was a, a disciple um, in Jesus' day? So
1: I, I think the disciple in Jesus' day. Uh, well, you have to look at the, reci- the disciples. Really, we look at the disciples uh, who were with Jesus. Um, when we look at the Bible, it's pretty. Uh, pretty amazing that they kind of left everything behind to follow jesus um there was a a saying and i am probably not quoting this quite right andy but um there was a saying that that followers of their rabbis would follow so closely to the rabbi that it was like that the dust of the rabbi's feet would be on the follower so there was this idea imagine those sort of dusty roads and um you can imagine the rabbi going ahead of his, his followers and the followers following so closely that even the dust of the rabbi uh, was on from his feet was on the disciples so i i just imagined uh well we read in the scriptures that the disciples just lived and breathed with jesus um uh if i if i could say what well, it isn't what it is today perhaps um it wouldn't have been Jesus saying to his disciples, uh, however many they were, whether it was the 12 or the 72. I don't think it would be Jesus saying to them, let's meet under this tree every Sunday for an hour. Uh, we'll, have, we'll sing a few hymns, and then I'll do a bit of teaching and then off you go. And then we'll meet again, uh, you know, at the same time, same place the following Sunday. Um, yeah. And I don't know how, how it works now, but, but certainly in, in, in those days, it seems that they, they spent all their time with Jesus, right? You, uh, you, they were never apart. Um, and he would show them things. Uh, he would teach them. They would uh, do what he was doing. And then at some point, we clearly clearly reading the scriptures that he would send them out. You know, he sent out the 72. Um, and they would then go and do what he was doing um as if uh they were him you know to the people around them so it was very practical it wasn't just what we do often which is just feeding the mind it was actually i think um go and do the stuff you know yeah you know sort of paraphrase of what what jesus is doing but actually practically go and do it you know be that disciple to the people around you, be that 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 representative of, of Christ to the people around uh, them. That's, that's a power. That's a powerful picture.
0: Almost, it seems um, so foreign or so different to what you described as a present day thing. But so 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 in, in saying what you said, do you think that um, being that this concept of being a disciple um, has had its day and doesn't therefore sit well for for Christians in the twenty first century? You know, having said what you said, or do you think there's still merit in Christians being disciples in the form that you said?
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, this is why we're having this conversation because I, I really believe. It. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it's a 21st century thing, Andy, or whether it's it's uh, it, it's been around for a long time. But we've lost. I think we've lost somehow this concept of discipleship. And and discipleship, by the way, is just being a person that's. That's learning. And I when I was leading a church, I would just remember saying to the people who were listening, um, all three of them. that uh, that simply discipleship is we're just learning. Right. We we we, we're trying to be like Christ um, and we we are students. Um, And so this concept of discipleship is not supposed to be scary. Um, It's just learning to do what Jesus did um now i'm going to be i'm going to i'm going to suggest something and i may be completely wrong so feel free to stone me right if you if you feel that that's appropriate you can do that on sunday on your facebook live if you if you want to do that but i i think it's partly because um we are post reformation now the reformation as you know andy being a, a clever man was where people like martin luther and um uh, calvin uh were sort of rose up to say that we are justified by faith alone is that scripture in uh, in romans 5 1 it says therefore since we've now been justified by faith we have peace with god because of what the lord jesus christ has done and so there's this understanding through luther through these um reformers that that it's all by grace that that jesus accepts us on the basis of his salvation alone and you know i applaud that and of course i'm post-reformation i really believe in that but the the upshot of that and if you push that to the nth degree it can just mean that well if i'm just justified by faith and it doesn't actually matter how i live my life Mm -hmm. and in some ways why do i need to be discipled right Uh, why do i need to change why did i need to become like christ um And so when I when I grew up, um, I distinctly remember uh, being very young and absolutely being scared to death of hell. You know, I had this understanding of hell, that hell was his eternal torment forever and ever and ever. And um, this understanding that I could never escape from this place of torment um, for all eternity. And then at church, I heard about this person called Jesus who uh, would rescue me from that place if I just said the words. Jesus, I believe in you and I'll follow you. And then it will all be fine and I wouldn't have to go to hell. bit like a get out of jail card that we have in Monopoly. Well, a get out of hell card I would now have because I said the right words about Jesus. And so I had this concept that I said the right words and therefore, by grace, I'm saved from that place. But no one ever told me that we also have to follow him. Right. Which is what a disciple would. Yeah. And we have to live our life um like him because i think sometimes this kind of post-reformation that we have it makes us it can make us a bit lazy like why do i need to bother if i'm just saying if i'm just going to that place that place heaven paradise whatever you want to call it what does it matter in the meantime how i live because at the end of the day it's going to make no difference um, and I think we totally misunderstood what discipleship is. It's about what you said earlier about the power of God and, and living as close to God as we can. So you're making you're making a case,
0: Andy, for um, disciple being a disciple still being around, or yes. Although it might look different culturally. So so what might it look like um, for us to be disciples of Jesus nowadays in the twenty first century? It's obviously not going to be um, the sand on the sand, the, the sand on the sandal thing, or just. <laughs> but there's you know that's that's an illustration of, of something mm. but yeah what might it look like for us do you think i
1: mean if people want to wear sandals that's absolutely fine by oh, the way they have socks obviously well, I mean, absolutely that's very very important um there's a scripture somewhere i just can't think of it yeah 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 i think it's in proverbs um, 32. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there so,
1: is no Thirty-two. Sorry. <laughs> so i i think that um here's my understanding so i read something by alan hirsch a little while ago i read some or watched something by alan hirsch and he said something that that really um really grabbed me actually um he said that if we are not discipled um by christ then the culture that we are in will surely will sure disciple us in other words we don't live in a cultural vacuum So everything around us, wherever that is, is shaping us. The the TV, Facebook, um, what we listen to, the people around us, uh, the culture that we live in is always shaping us in some way. So my understanding of modern day discipleship is uh, in some ways no different to what it's been in the whole way through the Bible. I mean, God said to the Israelites, you have to separate yourself from the people around you. Jesus says in uh, in John 17 that we're in the world, but not of the world. And we I think discipleship is how can we live in a way where, yes, we have to live in the world. You know, we can't go and live in a monastery as much as I'd like to. Don't tell the wife, but I'd, lo- I'd love to. Um, how can we live uh, sort of separate from the world, still living in it? but choosing not to be affected by the culture around us
0: that's really interesting the fact that you're saying so we are everyone is discipled whether they realize it or not yes um uh, but actually therefore you've got to choose what sort of discipleship you actually uh, allow into your life do you want do, do you wonder whether you know the, the, the christian form of, of discipleship whether um, you know, the, the concept of being discipled, you know, in, in this area, that I wonder whether you know people resist some people might resist it because they they might think it, or equate it with um being told what to do, you know, like there may be because there's a history uh, of, of church and God that people maybe have misunderstood, and I wonder whether they also think it's another extension of that. I'll be in you know, I'm going to be told what to do, I've got to obey commands, and it's it's not a positive view which is why maybe they're happy just to accept the other sort of discipleship even if they don't understand it. The discipleship of like well i just let that influence me and that influence me because it doesn't cost me do you think this a negative view of discipleship
1: i think so yeah i i think you're absolutely right um i don't think it's particularly just about discipleship i I mean i've heard that just about the christian life you know people say don't they that the christian life is just a bunch of rules that you have to follow and it's very restrictive and you can't do this and you can't do that um but that's a wrong concept of freedom 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 isn't the freedom to do whatever i want to do because if you live that way you actually end up in slavery. So if, if my children, Nina and Sam, if I left them to do whatever they wanted to do, um, they would be morbid, morbidly, um, they would be obese um, and they would, they would be addicted to the TV, right? Because their concept of freedom is doing whatever they want to do. And so I have to give them some rules and regulations, not not to punish them, but because it's actually gonna bring them freedom. You don't want the Lord of the Flies on your doorstep, do you? Basically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, quite. Absolutely. Um, in, in the same way, you you know, we are restricted when we, we wear a seatbelt, right? In the car, we yeah. wear a seatbelt. Uh, when I'm driving, I have to obey the laws of driving. Uh, I can't drive too fast, had to make sure my car's MOT, all those sort of things. In yeah. some ways, we could say they're restrictive, but actually they will hopefully protect me from yeah. having broken legs or having an accident or whatever it is you know so so it's a wrong concept yeah you know, i'm all for rules and and if god is god and he knows how we're made um and he is calling us to be discipled mm. then i'm gonna trust that he knows what he's doing um and it's it's actually i think david came to this place where he saw the law of god as actually freedom how i you know you read in psalm 1 119 you know he would say over and over again how i love your laws how i love your regulations i you know i i welcome them because he saw that actually the laws of god or restrictions if if, if that's the way we think of them can actually lead to incredible freedom you know i've avoided all sorts of things because i've lived the christian life but if i hadn't then who knows i'm i may be in some sort of slavery by now do you know what i mean so yes
0: that's a powerful so, paradox actually almost yes, exactly yes. yeah I, I guess that uh, people say that's why they say that the kingdom of God is almost counterintuitive, isn't it? You know, upside down, topsy-turvy. Do you, do you, um, you know, obviously, you know, you understand about being a disciple of Jesus, and so do you try to build these things into your daily life? You know, and if so, what, you know, what, Andy, what does that look like? Yeah, could you give some practical examples, maybe, if you, if you can think of any, just on a daily life, you know, being real as a disciple?
1: Yep. Um, so, so things that I personally try to do in my life. Um, so I read a lot. So I, I'm not actually discipled by someone. I think that, that would be the best thing. So Andy, if you, if you wanted to do that, feel, feel free. <laughs> but I, I read lots of books. So I'm mentored by the books that I read. So I love reading anyway. So I love reading sort of books about the saints from, you know, down the ages who have lived this life before us, obviously reading the Bible um so i'm mentored a lot by by what i read i think um but so so for me and again i may be talking complete nonsense but if we go back to this concept of we're shaped by the world around us and that the world around us the culture around us has more influence on us than we think it does so as i understand it i still got to live in the world but i don't have to allow the world to dictate to me how i'm going to live so I'm actually going through a stage at the moment where um, I'm trying not to look at screens <laughs> uh, other than the ones, like, obviously I'm looking at screen at the moment, but you know I'm trying to go without TV or Facebook or something like that for a month. I just felt like yeah. to would say that to me. Now that might sound very, very extreme, but in a sense, it's a way of not allowing, because I'm quite addicted to the news, right? especially news at the moment or i can easily be on facebook find myself doing that for a lot longer than i than i want to etc etc so i i've actually made the decision to try to reduce the amount of sort of screen time um and then i i just practice sort of spiritual discipline so i try to pray as much as i can i'm not a massive you know praying all the time monk person but I try to put in my life you know prayer meditation has really changed my life a lot so bible meditation so just sort of the spiritual disciplines yeah, yeah. it's what i do practically but the concept it really is if, if i can move away from sort of the culture around me in some sense which i can never leave fully behind because i, I live right here but if i instead can replace that with more of god's presence his word right. and allow what he says dictate to me that that's kind of so like the desert fathers, I mean, the desert fathers went to extreme. They, they left everything and went to literally the desert, the wilderness to escape from the world. I can't do that because I have young kids and a wife and etc. and I've work. But can I live? Can we as Christians live like that in some sense? Yeah, not allowing the world around us or to, to mold us.
0: And it's interesting, just
1: I mean, just talking about
0: uh, I was while you were talking actually about what you watch on TV and within this 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 pandemic time that you know someone like Joe Wicks has become famous um, and he he is discipling you know this is a positive thing yes sort of millions potentially or hundreds of thousands at least uh, well people are allowing themselves to be disciplined disciples mentored by by someone because in the pursuit Mm -hmm. of well being so so we do understand don't we the concept mm-hmm. of of doing something well and not being sluggardly and lazy yeah. don't we so it's uh you know it's it's not unique actually but it's just i guess where, where you direct your energies um just sort of moving this on really you know you're talking about being andy sort of like in the world and not of the world which is which is one half of of, of what i'm about to say but there's another side so in the bible it talks about in the book of Towards the end of Matthew, it talks about um, Jesus added um, something, another element to the instructions he gave to his disciples before he left the earth, and that was really to disciple, for the disciples to disciple nations, and that includes mm-hmm. us, those who are going to follow as well. So it's not only just to be disciple, but he says, actually, I want you to disciple nations as well. So, so you know, what having said. You know, you're not going to be influenced by the world and yet yep. jesus is saying actually but then i want you to influence the world you know yes so what do you think that might mean for us
1: so yes, yeah, so we are we are to disciple nations so so if i if i just spent all my time as a christian in the world mm. and i live you know 99 of the time in the world i go to church just on a sunday just for an hour Um, and that's all that i have as my discipleship and i am as as worldly as anybody else then how can i in any way uh disciple the nations to be like christ if i look like the world and i just think in the in the heart of god every disciple is called to disciple somebody else i think that's just intrinsic in the disciple this mentality that this is not just about me this is not just about me uh, getting close to God. It's me getting close to God so that in some ways I can have an influence on somebody else. Yeah. I, I, and he said disciple the nations, and I think sometimes we can be overwhelmed by that. Like, you know, what, do I have to suddenly disappear and go to another country and start discipling <laughs> everyone from that nation? Yeah. Um, I, I don't... I mean, he, he did say disciple nations, but um, I think this is... You know, let's say there's a million christians in the uk something like that i don't know how many there are i don't know whether you counted them andy but um, not, let's say no. not recently um so let's say there's a million what what if what if every christian and i call them disciples what if they chose to disciple somebody else wow. just one person in their, even in their lifetime what about two or three in their lifetime if every christian if one million christians disciple somebody else We've already doubled the numbers, aren't we, of disciples. And then those disciples have in their DNA or understanding that they are going to go and disciple somebody else. And that's how it grows. Now, that's never going to work because not everyone disciples somebody else. But what if, instead of thinking, oh, how am I going to disciple the nations? What if everyone in Revival Church, Bitteriki, for instance, just said, I am going to find someone that I'm going to disciple. Um, So currently at the moment... I would say that I am discipling my children um, as best I can. And that just simply means that I, I share my life with them, my Christian life with them. So um, when I pray in the morning, I deliberately let them come into my this is my prayer room. They can walk into my prayer room at any point and they can disturb me because I want them in some way to see that this is what dad did when I was young um because it's easy to say to them i want you to pray but it's much better that they see they see me praying because that will speak to them much more than just my words so you know people are thinking well who am i going to disciple you know if you're a parent and i know this doesn't always work but what about start with your children because i as you know and i do the youth and um which i love doing and i meet with them for about half an hour 40 minutes every two weeks i can't possibly disciple them in that time but i can give them some ideas and understandings but the people that can disciple them the best are the parents right so there's always someone near us i think that we can at least pray for disciple and i think that's what jesus meant this idea that That i'm not going to just be a disciple just for my own sake that's not the end the end is actually that I go and disciple somebody else. Um, yeah, that is so powerful. So, so I guess I guess you're saying
0: it. Well, once we understand and value what discipleship is for ourselves, then by by default or design, we will start to inevitably want to disciple others because we've seen the value for ourselves, and we will find those closest to us. We'll, you know, so it's not it's not an arduous, hard thing to do to be discipled, or particularly to be a. I mean, there are challenges i know but you know so so there's obviously i guess a link maybe between why we as the church haven't always been as effective as we could have been but um but the potential is there what sort of just bringing this to a close i'll just wear about time a little bit but you know with discipleship in mind really andy what would you maybe here's a here's a dream what would you like to see the church look like going forward? You know, things have changed in this, in this pandemic. Lots of things are up for grabs. So it's a time to dream, dreams. <laughs> so with discipleship in mind, we're talking about that tonight. You know, what would you like to see, Andy, if you could write a blank check for discipleship, so to speak, to see the church going forward? So how long have I got? Um
1: two or three minutes. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, okay. So uh here's my understanding. So firstly, the reason why we need to be discipled, we we need a motivation, right? Because like I said at the beginning, we are people that will only do something if there's something in it for us. That's just the way we, we work. You know, if I said to you, Andy, go and drive to Wolverhampton tonight. And you said, why? And I said, there's no reason why. Just go and do it. You wouldn't do it. But If I said there was a thousand pounds, if you go or ten thousand pounds, you go and do it. Right. So we we are people that are motivated by something. So for me, discipleship. Why do we get disciple? Because if God is God, he's all love, all peace, all joy. Then why don't I try and live as close to him as I can? Because everyone's looking for that. Everyone's looking for happiness, joy, peace, whatever it is. And I believe that's only found in Christ. So why don't I, through the discipleship process, try and get as close to him as possible? So for me, that's the motivation. But the way we do church, which I love, and I'm not mocking church, but it's clearly not enough, I think, to produce disciples. And you know, if we think that we can just turn up on a Sunday, listen to a sermon that we're probably going to do nothing about, um, and then uh, hope to be discipled by that, You know, I think we're clearly mistaken. If I was taking French lessons and I went to the French teacher and listened to the French teacher for half an hour, then did nothing with it, uh, and then went back back a a week later for for another lesson, I'm probably not going to learn French very quickly. What I have to do if I'm learning French is I have to get to use that all the time. I have to immerse myself maybe in the French culture. I may even have to go to France. I've got to choose to do that all the time. The same way discipleship, I think, is about... How can I live my life every moment of the day following Christ? So I I would love to see a church which is actually central is discipleship, where we meet together, we break bread, we encourage one another, we disciple one another. And then instead of the service on a Sunday being the end, like that's what it's all about, the service is actually kind of the springboard to be the church out there. And in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, don't give up meeting together. Instead, encourage each other to acts of love. So the church is not the service, it's not the end. It's the actual means to becoming people that are the church out there, being disciples out there. How can I disciple someone even outside the church in my workplace? Um, how can I be, how can I live my life as if Christ was living my life? That doesn't mean I go and be a monk somewhere. But it means that in my in my day to day life, how can I be like him with my resources, my limitations, my talents, if that makes sense?
0: Now, that is so good. You, you're almost if you, if I could say you're an evangelist for discipleship. <laughs> <laughs> can can that work that? No, that, Andy, that is that is that a challenge. That is so good. And we really pray that we all take that to heart and actually grab more of that now that's been really good really conversation good conversation really appreciated your wisdom and experience and passion no problem bless you Andy
1: all right thanks a lot thanks bye
0: bye